This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Josh Chernoff, host of Fight TV's So Says Chernoff, co-host of the Mind of the Meanie podcast and your Retromania ring announcer. You are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, I give my thoughts on a demo to Kirby in a Forgotten Land. We get to see gameplay footage of Chris Bay on Retromania Wrestling. We also talk about why Elden Rings doesn't deserve to get a perfect score from reviewers. And why every black gamer needs to voice their concerns to game developers, especially Bandai Namco amongst others. Then, in our final stage, I review Horizon Forbidden West for the PlayStation 5 and talk about why this may be the game to beat in 2022. All this and more on this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. and welcome to another game-filled episode of Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We are here to make you happy for the next hour and ease your mind with everything going on in the world. And before I even say anything game-wise, I just want to give my thoughts and prayers to everybody in Ukraine. And I mean everybody, not just the Ukrainians, but the African refugees that are having a hard time as well. I pray for your safety. I pray for everybody's well-being. Um, and anybody who I'm just going to say anybody who is just fighting for their families, fighting for their lives, um, even those who are fighting against their will from whichever side, um, my thoughts and prayers with you. And, I, and it's known that like, you know, the, there are people in Russia who are rebelling against the, the actions that are going on in their country, you know, keep fighting everybody. And I wish you all the best in there. So with that said, I want to give us a chance to take our minds away from this, talk about one of our favorite fandoms, and that is gaming. So we're going to do that. We got a lot of things to talk about. And, you know, I got a, I got a bit of a rant <clears throat> in regards to the gaming industry, which is improving. But there are some who still are not evolving yet. Let's just say that. So we'll talk about that in a few. We got a lot of things to talk about. But let's start with my thoughts on Chris Bay. Uh, gameplay footage on Retromania Wrestling. Uh, you know, the guys at uh, Retrosoft Studios, my man Mike Herman, shout out to him. And shout out to my man uh, Josh Chernoff, who you heard at the beginning uh, doing the liner for me. Love the guy. He's the ring announcer for Retromania Wrestling and a good friend of mine. I'm very happy that he was able to do that. I, I always wanted to have my own <laughs> ring announcement there. So it's awesome. If you want to uh, check out Josh Chernoff, he's always hosting on fight network and um he's a really good dude and he he's gonna be like everywhere he's gonna be in uh Re aew revolution coming soon so 
um go to fight tv if you are subscribing to that to watch um any of the wrestling that you see on there he's always interviewing somebody dope from the uh, wrestling industry and uh how he's happy to have him i gotta get him back on to talk wrestling on this uh on this platform sooner or later but he is the ring announcer for retromania wrestling and we get a chance to see the bullet club member i hope he's still a bullet club member i haven't watched impact in a while uh, but um chris bay from impact is on is the newest uh character that will be on retromania wrestling he's the first free dlc character that will be on air and we finally get to see some full gameplay footage of him on here right now and i gotta say they did a great job with him on here i really really like what they did with him in here and um he looks great his move set is like unlike anybody you've ever seen before in here and i'm gonna enjoy him and i just love this simple the simple my uh you know move set like it really they really did a good job on the retro aspect of this game it's not too much it's not too little this is exactly the type the type of game that we would play back in the 90s and and in set in the arcades so i mean yeah could they have done better yes but they they wanted to replicate exactly what we got to play back then and honestly this is one of the best wrestling games out right now i don't know what wwe 2k 22 is gonna be like and i'm pretty sure just visually it looks stunning but you know is it gonna provide like half the roster that that was in there is now fired <laughs> so you don't need half that anymore you know part of it is just aew and i bet you a lot of people are going to create a character aew in there but this really gives you the essence of a real you know of a real like old school classic wrestling game from the past um just with a little bit more bells and whistles to it but not too much to like really take it out and chris bay really stands out <laughs> in this game not just because he's the only black dude at the moment in the game uh by the way mr hughes the legendary mr hughes is also coming soon to the platform as well so we'll have two black guys uh will we have more i don't know i honestly i would not only want to see another black character in here but i would also would like to see um a masked wrestler there's not a masked wrestler in there then but along with this we also uh see three new arenas that are in here as well so uh let me see what we got here uh let me see we got we got the russell palooza um deal in here we also have um i think this is the russell palooza uh stage and had a blue world order stage and i forgot the other one that they um put out there and, oh wait no it's the uh what is this the collection agency the caras the caralooza collection agency so the gameplay footage shows uh him fighting blue meanie in the blue world order ring um the second one is tommy dreamer at retro palooza and the third one is hollywood nova at the coralooza collection agency so you got three new stages and chris bay coming um there will be more wrestlers to come soon and then also there's a new story mode coming as well and i know what that story mode is going to be based on i'm not saying because uh mike herman who told me what the hell is going to be and i just say wrestling fans old school wrestling fans are going to love what's coming and he talked about also what he really wanted to do i don't know to what any is going to do that like certain other 
big cage matches of sorts that he wanted to implement in there. But that's a I, I'm telling you now, that's a huge, huge task. So if he's not working on it right now, I don't know to what end is he going to work on it. I hope he does. But, you know, what people don't understand when you do game development, it is both fun, but it can be taxing, too, because you have to worry about the deadlines and wanting to get everything done, making sure it formats to every single console that you actually are a game system that you're actually trying to get it on. And every game system and every game company of those systems have different stipulations and, and uh, requirements in order for them to work on their station. And so it's a lot, there's a lot to it. So once you get it done, it's like, do you want to keep doing this again? You know, you're going to have to keep tweaking it every so often. And I hope, I hope that he's not tired yet. I hope Mike is not, and the gang is not tired because he had to go through different developers to get this done and, and to get this version of it done, to get these um, updates done and everything. So people, I know developers were going in and out and he had to keep, you know, trying to, he had to bring some people back. He had to convince some people to come back. And there's a lot to it. People, you got to understand, like, these indie developers i've said it to if you've heard any of my interviews with with game developers and if you have not please go to talktimelive.com check it out you can look at the listing of all the people that i've uh interviewed in the gaming industry or the indie gaming industry for that matter and just recently uh adam tyranny and, and banis uh ban and rudis from way forward uh with retro uh, city girls if you go back to all the people that I interviewed on talktimelive.com, you could go to the uh, exclusive exclusive guest list and see all the game developers that I interviewed, and then go on to talktimelive.com's uh, podcast page and you go in the search engine and look their names up. You can you can listen to their uh, interviews, and I say that because each one of them, a lot of them, especially our indie developers, like um, you got, I will give an example. Um, Mike Herman is one of them uh desmond wong is another one from um he's from uh not hong kong he's from um not sh is this shanghai i forgot i really forgot but um he works for the gentle brothers and it's like three of them in that in that um company as it, it from the since the last time we spoke there was only three people developing cat quest which is a which is phenomenal because if you played that game it's amazing what they were able to do with that game mike herman i think there's like at least five maybe people in, in his squad for retro uh, soft studios um and then you also got well matt papa you know when he was working for um for nt creates they got a whole entire department so they're a little bit more evolved than, than most but it's a lot of some of these guys don't have that many developers working on these games you know what i'm saying like um, there's only a certain amount, like, I, I, I don't know how many people is in super giant games, uh, to what end, but great Casavan and them managed to get Hades done the way they did. There's probably only a, like less than maybe 10, maybe less than 10 done in that, um, in, in that, in, in that studio. And they did that, I think during COVID as well and all that stuff too. So it's not as easy as you think they have, you know, indie game developers are low budgeted they work with what they got and they make some of the most amazing works of art in there so when you see retro um so which uh, retro soul studio and all that stuff and you're waiting all this long time for them to come out with these games you gotta understand you gotta be patient because it's not like it's not square enix it's not uh 
you know, Bandai Namco. It's not Capcom. It's not any of these games that you see out right now. You know, Guerrilla Games and other stuff that are highly backed by like the likes of Sony or all these other guys. A lot of these guys take, you know, they got to go through a little bit more uh, challenge and bumps in the road. So, but you got to check it out in a sense of looking at it from their perspective. It's not an easy thing, but when he, I'm very grateful for what they do. So I'm looking forward to this new update from Retromania Wrestling and, uh, you know, keep up the good work on them because we're going to see more. Uh, that story mode, I'm going to enjoy this immensely and there's going to be some new things added to it if you haven't seen it already on air they've spoke about adding some new cosmetic flair to it some more production value some more presentational value to it uh this time around and it's going to keep evolving from there uh so look out for that you want to know also to look out for kirby in the forgotten lands they dropped a demo uh yesterday and got a chance to play it and i, I thought this was very smart because honestly could they have done it without putting out a demo and then we would still get it because it's Kirby and we know that when a Kirby game comes out, that's usually good. Yes, but they went out of their way to give us a demo on what we can expect. And I got to say, I am I'm I'm jumping on this game. I am impressed with this game. It gives me Mario Odyssey vibes. I love what you're doing with this game. Um, it looks dope. It looks really dope. You, you get a chance to, you know, play as Kirby and he absorbs the Zelda uh, aspect of it. And then also you get to play as the car too. And it, it the controls feel very fluid and very smooth as we, uh, what you would expect from a Kirby game or a Nintendo game to that end. And it looks beautiful. Again, this is the amazing part about the Nintendo Switch that this little game can have such beautiful, stunning, vibrant and saturated games and in, in here and it's not nearly as powerful as the playstation 5 or the uh xbox series x and s it's just amazing what they can accomplish and it's funny like people are some people are really at all at the idea of like or can't fathom the idea i should say that these guys are getting awards and winning awards for games that are not powerful and it's not about powerful it's not about, you know, it's the old saying, it's like, it's not quantity is quality in a sense. It's not the amount of graphics that you have. It's just the quality of the gameplay and the experience that you have. And Nintendo always seems to know how to do it. Even in their most simple and fun to play games can be, can provide a lot of depth to their, to the experience. And it just does it all the time. I think Kirby may be one of them just playing the demo alone. I think we're in for a really fun experience with the game i'm gonna be looking forward to playing it when it arrives which is uh not too far away i believe so looking forward to that so check it out if you are looking for uh, a way to check out kirby they got a demo for you out now so go out of your way to check it out all right been waiting for this gotta adjust my chair here for this because i'm about to get real <laughs> with this on my screen right now is gameplay footage i've been watching it since i even before i've started this show but i've been watching hours and hours of elden ring and one might say why all right you're watching it on youtube you're watching people play it on youtube why aren't you just buying it and playing it and i was gonna do that i wanted to see the hype about this i it's uh you know it's i, I never played a dark souls game at all 
Um, I, I guess I'm a George R. R. Martin fan to the extent, but not like an Uber fan. I, I, I enjoyed Game of Thrones like everybody else to an extent. I did stop watching it after a while, but you know, during the last season, but it was really good for the most part. But now we got this, you know, Elden Ring says out that everybody was anticipating and, and for the most part, people are enjoying it. There's a lot of high praise for it. There's I, I, I can see in some cases why there's high praise for it. But in my case, I think there's too much high praise for it. I think there's I think this thing is overrated in a sense that it's the newest thing out. It's the biggest hype thing out. You know, if you, you know, if you're marketing a promotion, you can see you could when you when you are in marketing and promotion or you've done some marketing and promotion like I have. You tend to have Neo vision, you know, when it basically when Neo understands the matrix, he sees code where everybody else sees something else. He sees right through the situation. I see code. And the code that I see here is that this thing is overly hyped, glorified, promoted. It is a beautiful, vast experience for what I'm saying, but there are some simplistic things that are just, I, I don't, I don't understand why this is overly hyped and this is being compared to, I swear to goodness, horizon does not get a, it never, it never gets a break because the first uh, zero dawn was competing with um breath of the wild now zero dawn is competing with i mean forbidden west is competing with this and at this point i will explain why i opted out of buying elden rings and why bandai namco needs to change in this case and i know from soft is you know the ones who are doing it who's the guys who does dark souls i get that i get that wholeheartedly but at the end of the day it is Bandai Namco who needs to take blame for this one. I've been watching this gameplay um, from nonstop, and I'm just not impressed as many people are. There are people. I think people are impressed with this as much as they are with the with uh, uh, with Ye's Yeezy uh, sneaks, which is like the most pretentious pair of kicks I've ever seen. Of people trying to act like those kicks are uh, actually you know, awesome looking. Those are the ugliest form of sneaks I've ever seen, but people, because it's Kanye and it's supposed to be like the most trendy thing ever, even though in their heart of hearts, I think that they even know that those sneaks are ugly and hideous and not worth the money that they, they're asking for. I think this is the Yeezys of, of, um, video games right now, because yeah, there's some dope things about this game. But in its core, it's a very simplistic game. Like this is a, to me a glorified 16-bit game in a sense because of what you can do in this game or what you can't do in this game, I should say. So I never, like I said, I never got into the Dark uh, Souls games before and it wasn't my really cup of tea, but I wanted to see if I wanted to give this a try because what is the, I, you know, I've played games before where I wasn't hyped for them before, but I really got into them because of the hype. And then the hype was met. And I'll give a great example to that. And that's um, The Walking Dead by Telltale Games. Not only did I get into that game because of the hype, but it made me a fan of the comic book series, which I actually started reading um, for, for like a good minute and then followed by the TV show. So I was intrigued by this, by the narrative 
of this and the narrative was awesome and then the way that they did it with the point and click type of thing it was dope too you know it was my first telltale experience to be honest actually no it wasn't i think i think um back to the future was i think really think back to the future was but you know the walking dead changed the game in a sense with the art style with the acting everything it was just really great but i was uh you know it, there's a lot of things that i wasn't impressed for like the dreary visuals of elden ring i mean some of it is great other words is like okay you know that is not to say that this is bad this is a bad game this is really not a bad game it's just not as i don't think it's as great as what everybody thinks it is because it's you know the gameplay just looks slow paced and limited in comparison to similar games i recently just played some games i'm just going to talk about later on in our in our final stage i'm looking at this gameplay now and i've been looking at this for hour and i looked at other gameplay footage from other videos with that are playing other classes or whatnot i'm not seeing that i'm not seeing a big deal i think if you're mostly about the combat and challenge this game is for you as it appears to be focused on like just the, just the actual gameplay of the environment and you just doing whatever you want in the environment this actually does have some form of storyline and narrative to it but because you're going every single direction and there's a different thing going on in each direction you don't necessarily end up caring about the story it seems like it just every gameplay footage that i see it's not them you know getting involved with the story aspect of it is them getting in the gameplay so to me it's about the gameplay and the challenge of it but i remember which it, it, here's the other thing too people are glorifying the idea that this is not one of those open world games where you are directed and navigated throughout the game which i think is total double standard and, and, and uh contradicting and, and this is not everybody who's been and talked about it but there is a lot of people who raved about the idea that you could just explore this world and just get in and and, and and you know expect the unexpected let's go back for a minute just the end of last year but i remember when metroid dread came out and people were complaining about the idea that this game didn't have a map that guided you through important areas. So we are hating on Metroid Dread for the same reason that you are liking this. That to me is a double standard. Like for me, if I'm not going to like it on Dread, I'm not going to like it here either. Because for me, I'm a story driven gamer, so I want to progress through the game story. And I get that this is probably, this is definitely not a game for me. This is definitely not a game for me, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, does it deserve the high praise that it gets? Or is it being overly hyped? And to me, I'm thinking it's being overly hyped. You know, once again, it's just one of those situations when it comes to gameplay. Now, here's the thing. As I'm watching all this gameplay footage and I've played Horizon Forbidden West and I played Metroid Dread, two things that those two games have in common that this game does not and that is variety when you talk about combat system all i've seen <clears throat> from elden ring so far on all the deals that i've seen is that your character that you create and we'll talk about that in a sec your character that you create 
rides around on a mystic donkey what it looks like whether no matter what class you are you got a whole bunch of different classes here but your combat system consists of you holding a weapon and wielding a staff so you got your basic weapons and choice of weapons is a sword or axe or whatever like that which you only use to swing at enemies once and you can stealth them too or the other thing is just like you use your magic from you know for range attacks but the magic just looks lackluster to me and the sword play is just you just swinging left and right like how is that even remotely action-packed and interesting to me i don't understand this whereas metroid dread in horizon forbidden west or horizon zero dawn you have a plethora of ways to kill your enemies you can shoot a bow you can attack with the spear you can set out traps you can in this case you can now uh, throw spikes over to the deals you could i mean you could just do so much to take down your enemy there is variety there elden rings does not provide this i've been watching this for more than a time like this is like the, the video that i'm watching now is like part 11. so at this point this this character should be like and it's an hour each one of them are like an hour long or so or sort this one right here and in fact let me see where are we at here oh god this is a two-hour video i'm at i'm at an hour of gameplay footage right now and all this dude has been doing is just been traveling from place to place you're you know defeating monsters and all this stuff but like you're doing it just with one strike of your sword doesn't seem like that much depth to the game that's my issue with just that aspect but there's an even bigger issue that i have with not only this game but a lot of games that bandai namco has come out with and i'm not saying that they're the only company but they're the most consistent company that has done this and we as black gamers mostly male black gamers because females don't really have this issue and when it, and it comes to games but black male gamers have this issue and it's now been starting to become a thing that is shouting out on twitter right now um i don't know on ig's terms but this is a constant thing and i think this needs to be talked about more but once again bandai namco disappoints black gamers by not having a creative suite that uh, or having a creative suite i should say that lacks features to create culturally appropriate black people and i know I just had this situation and I just talked about this with Dotemu, but Dotemu went out and made corrections to that small snap, uh, snafu. Okay. And I thanked him for it. If you don't, if you guys don't know, I, there was a uh, Windjammers 2 that came out a while back. Um, there was an issue with one of their map markers, you know, which is like showing the chibi version of the characters, one of which is G Scott. He's a black Amer African American character in the game. And what happened was the chibi character had, you know, the culturally inappropriate depiction of a black person with big lips and a, you know, big nose. But the potato nose is something that is traditional to all chibi style characters. But the big lips was like, OK, that's a little bit too much. I reached out to Dotemu on social media and they, to their credit, they immediately replied back and they said they were going to make that correction. They did. It took about a week to do it. They did an update, changed it. It looks absolutely great. And I thanked them for it. So 
here we have Bandai Namco, which has been doing this for years. And I think it's time we need to get them on the ball with this stuff because it's 2022. Um, something that Ron Funches actually mentioned because he he also noticed it too in, in certain games. So he's been posting and retweeting. And for those who don't know Ron Funches, Ron Funches is a famous comedian. If you watched um, G4, the return of G4, he hosted the holiday special for that as well. He's been on tons of different TV shows and other shows. And in fact, he's um, he's King Shark on um, the Harley Quinn show, if you don't know. Um, he's hilarious. The dude is awesome. But he ended up uh, getting upset about the idea that we can't create these characters. And I've had this trouble for so long when it comes to Bandai Namco games here. Um, if you listen to any of my reviews and some of the Bandai Namco games from a while back, which I believe are still available, you will notice that common theme that I talk about. And the theme where all of those games that consisted of a creative suite lacks a full ability to create a relatable looking black male character. Games like Soul Calibur 6, um, that I, the recent Soul Calibur 6 uh, is definitely I, actually a lot of Soul Calibur. I would not just six, but there's other Soul Calibur games that I there were Soul Calibur games back then that had a hard time getting the right color to make you uh, uh, an appropriate black person. The, the, the palette that they had to create the skin tone was like it was it went from brown to purple. It was the weirdest thing. So that was an issue and they kind of corrected on that, but they're still lacking the uh, the items, the creative items that you need to create an actual black person in some cases. So Soul Calibur is still an issue here. Jump Force was an issue. Sword Art Online was an issue. God Eater 1, 2, and 3 was an issue. Code Vein, which I just brought just for the simple idea of seeing whether they had some cultural appropriate items to make it. The only thing that they had to their credit <laughs> They had, you know, dreadlocks. They had locks in the game. But then they had the locks, but they left out any other items. Now, usually the case is with Bandai Namco would have, they would have limited amount of items. It's usually bald. You rather, if, if you want to make a black character, your best bet is to be bald. Have sort of a like hustler cut, which is like just, you know, all dark all dark coat, no fade, pretty much. Um, there's no fades whatsoever in this deal. Or you would have an afro, or you have corn rolls. And that is the closest that you would get to creating a black character. Why is that the only things that we have here? Colvane is the only one that did have something different in terms of like hairstyles. And the hairstyles are such, uh, such a big issue. Uh, it's, it's probably the biggest issue within the creative suite. Um, and then on top of that, some of them just don't have the features that someone, even if it's an anime, even if it's an anime character, there's some to extent that doesn't have this either. But in Elden Rings is, is now the newest one that people have, like people are seeing Elden Rings because it's such a hype game. But people are now noticing that the, um, they didn't have these features that you, that allows you to create an appropriate black guy. And now they're getting upset, but guess what people, I hate to tell you this, it's been happening for years with Bandai Namco games, for years. Again, all of those games that I mentioned are Bandai Namco games, every one of them. And let's just name a few. And there are other games out there that do it too, but now, you know, we're 
getting to the point where we're seeing more culturally appropriate in representation uh games or you know proper representation in there i'll talk about that in our, our final um stage <laughs> trust me it's a contrast to what i'm talking about here in accordance to what i'm talking about in that game but this game has been going on for quite some time so much so that the content creator uh creator crew and convention uh conventional founders dream uh DreamCon, uh which is our which is known as rds world made a skit about this like if you you if you know the name rdc world you know those guys are you know as all black comedic group of friends that come together and make these awesome skits if you watch my um my when i host a panel of the naruto uh what it was the naruto um panel a while back and you can find that on talktimelive.com as well and you know it's easier to find it on talk, anything on talktimelive.com you can find the video version of that panel and the or the um or the audio version i have it both but i hosted that panel and it was basically uh a panel for dreamcon which is founded by um texas owned rdc world so i had the pleasure and honor of you know being able to host that event and it was dope it was really dope but these guys have pointed out that you know this happens quite often they did a skit uh but which was actually the funny part was that you know they recently reposted this skit in reference to elden rings the interesting part about this is that the reposting of the skit is is actually that of uh, it was originally for jump force which is another bandai namco game that i just mentioned so I'm not the only one that's having this issue or feeling that's just having this issue, but this is a constant with Bandai Namco and I love Bandai Namco. I've talked so much about Bandai Namco. They're, they're a hit or miss company. And it's the bad part is with them doing this for Elden Rings and it's getting the high praise that they have. I think this game is going to get rather nominated or is, is I think it's definitely going to win some awards, but we're still at the beginning of the year with games. But so far, this in Horizon Forbidden West, um, these these games are looking are getting high praise right now. But the, the fact that Elden Rings is getting a 10-10 when your creative suite doesn't provide for everybody or give the opportunity for everybody to create the character that they want. Now, funny thing too. While they allow you to create, you know, characters with great palettes and skin, you know, pigmentations, it fails to, you know, it in some facial features and hair selections. Whether they are anime depictions or, or more realistic renders, they all seem to carry the same pattern of not featuring selections for black characters. When it comes to basic hair alone, it, this is a norm for Bandai, Af you know, uh, Bandai Namco. Um, it, it's just, it's so bad. It is really, now there are games out there that I could that are com in comparison when you compare it to games like you know in creative suites mostly sports games like UFC the EA boxing series which is limited but they do have appropriate looking characters for that any basketball game out there that has a creative suite from 2k games 2k WWE wrestling games which the only credit I will give those games is that the creative suites be mostly because it was from Ukes have some of the most elaborate creative options in the game uh saint rose as well but that was also a 2k game at one time or a thq game at one time and then of course you got cyberpunk i'll give them credit cyberpunk to the uh 2077 has a very detailed and elaborate creative suite in there 
these creative selections are great for black uh, female characters or other male characters like if you you could create the skin tone but you have to have like long hair or something like that it really matches more for that if you're you know you could have a darker complexion but it's like okay then my characters are going to be indian based because they have the straighter hair and, they, and, and they're going to have a little bit more darker complexion so that's the only type of character i can make i can't make an authentic you know black character and it, i don't understand why that's so hard there are so many black people on social media who has expressed their disappointment with this feature on elden rings and i don't blame them one bit in fact if you go on twitter right now and you type in elden ring black hair exactly that way in the search engine of twitter you will see a bunch of tweets of black people talking or people in general there's some there's some non-black people that also you know noticed it too um i mean ron funches was like one of the first that i've seen that he i think i don't know if he got an early copy of it but but there's also another game that it was in complaints of too i mean it's, it, this is a thing that we need to voice more than ever i had a conversation on youtube because alana pierce and um and two other guys had a you know a panel session about elden rings and why they thought is it worth a 1010 and i'm like i don't think it's i think it's a great looking game i think there's a lot of depth to it i think you know there's a lot to it i don't think it should get a 1010 in terms of the creative suite if your creative suite is not providing the idea for everybody to be able to have some a vision of themselves or a depiction of themselves in a game i think that's a negative i don't think that's i think that's a point loss for me that's a huge point loss because part of making an avatar is part of making the experience yours and if you can't make the experience yours because you can't create a character that you feel that's a resemblance that is satisfactory to you to me that is a fail that should be counted as a a a point taken off i don't think that that game should get a 10 10 out for that reason i think it probably should get a high eight or 8.5 if you will maybe a four and a half star if you will not a five star because of that alone that's a big deal to me because you're spending hours creating these characters you're spending a whenever i play wwe 2k when i was playing that game the first thing i would always do is create hours and hours on the creative suite alone the move sets the features the facial features all that stuff if it like from the nose to the to the jaw lines everything to the hairstyles i enjoy playing that aspect creative suites are something that i enjoy most because it allows me to create really awesome characters rather they're cartoony looking they're anime looking or they're comic book based looking they I, you know i like to cr try to create a jim lee style character of my own if i can you know if it doesn't allow me to do that then to me that is a fail and i think people reviewers especially don't really view that enough and i think the other reason because they don't view it is because a lot of these reviewers that are giving 1010s are white these guys don't have to see don't have to care because they get the characters that they want because it resembles them it's it's catered to them we don't get that same deal i don't and if any of you are black you know game reviewers that are giving us a 1010 please reconsider that aspect don't settle for that because you're not doing yourself any due diligence of really factoring these type of things you can't just creative suite is a major thing it is a major aspect of a game you know you're playing it allows you to play or to be the protagonist that you want to be or to see for that matter and if you can't see yourself 
or a vision of yourself or what you want to see in there. To me, that is a fail. It is an absolute fail. I had a conversation with a guy on YouTube who didn't understand my case in a situation. He didn't understand the situation. Of course, rather he, I think rather he was uneducated or he was trolling. And a part of it, me thinks he was trolling, but he mentioned the idea that in the Norse mythology, which there's some truth to it, that it is all, which you mostly see is white. That doesn't mean that there were white characters in there. It's just, it was mostly displayed, but we all know that there's absolutely people of color and black people around door Norse mythology and Greco-Roman mythology as well. It's just not featured. It's not mentioned. We get the bad rap for anything. You know what's happening and you know exactly what's happening right now with the United States. This is exactly what's happening right now in the Ukraine. We get ousted for a lot of things and, and not consider for a lot of things. And we're trying to fight that right now. That's the idea here. And we need enough people to start fighting that. So I told him, I'm like, dude, it doesn't mean it's not happening. They would, then by your logic, we shouldn't make any you know, you shouldn't have the ability to make black characters at all or characters of color, but they give you that option. They just don't give you the items to create authentically. And he, his argument, I guess, was like, yeah, but it's Norse Scott mythology. So they allow you to make, you know, characters of different colors of blue colors and all the stuff because of like demons and all the stuff. I'm like, so they're more important and they matter more than us. But there's, in fact, I must mention this. People forget the upcoming sequel to God of War will have a black character in there in the Norse mythology. And I've mentioned that to this to this person. I don't know, it's obviously probably a guy. I don't know to what age he is or what GPA he has. But I mentioned, I'm like, God of War Ragnarok is gonna have a black character in that game. That's in the North, uh, in the Norse God mythology. What do you say to and his 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 comeback his reply today was like oh we got one and i'm like okay at this point you're i don't i don't know if you're not educated enough to understand or you're just trying to be a you know a dick but you highly are not mature enough to carry in a sophisticated conversation it doesn't matter how many they they have in there it matters that it is because the argument was that it's mostly white no we have a black character that's going to be on there regardless of whether quantity or otherwise that defeats your argument. So the, you know, they're making, they're making a black character. That means in this game, not only are they making a black character, but the black character is culturally appropriately looking like a black character in every way. That defeats your whole entire argument point blank. It doesn't matter how many people it is. It defeats your, your, your notion that Norse God mythology mostly is all white. Because God of War is now based on Norse Norse uh, mythology. What's your point, dude? <laughs> so I shut that down right there and then, and and I told him like, dude, go online, look at Twitter. There's a lot of people who are talking about it. It's not just me. I'm not making an argument. I'm making an assessment, and I'm giving an opinion on that assessment, and actually a fact to that the extent that companies like Band game companies like Bandai Namco need to step it up. It is 2022. We're seeing a lot more representation happen now. We're seeing a lot more games that are starring black characters now or consisting of black characters that actually look like us now. We got the new game coming from um, 
Square Enix that's coming out soon that I'm definitely going to be supporting, uh, starring a black female character. We got Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> I, again, I don't want to talk about it because we're going to talk about it in our final stage. Gorilla Games, shout out to you. We got, you know, um, Miles Morales. We got Spider-Man games that are just heavily, you know, um, represented by people of co uh, color. And they're on both of them, not just Miles Morales on both. Okay. And I am very happy at the direction that Sony in itself with their AAA games are doing right now. Cause they're, they're really doing us justice right now. So to Bandai Namco, I say, start making these changes. It's, it's time. It is way time. I swear. If I go to a uh, convention and again, like San Diego comic-con and they're there, I'm immediately going to have a convention. Cause I am going to ask them if it's not being asked already. What is the deal with that and why, what are you going to do to change it? Because it needs to. What we can do right now, if you're listening, if you're in a community, voice your opinion, voice your views, voice your concerns to these companies right now and tell them we need representation in these games. We're putting in a lot of money into these games and a significant percentage of gamers are black, whether male or female. A significant amount of people in these games are Hispanic. We need to see all sorts of these representations in these games. If we're looking to invest, we need to look at ourselves, not as just fans, not as just gamers, but as consumers that are paying our hard earned money to buy these games. You need to look at yourself within more, within more dimension of a, of a gamer because your voice matters. Your face matters. What you look like matters. What you feel like matters. And how you play their game matters. Okay? If I can help to make a company, a small company like Dotemu, make a change and not give them grief about it, how we handled the situation too, we handled it with the utmost class. I reached out to them, I spoke about it, I posted about it, they responded. It never got heated. It just went about its way. You don't have to go about it in a heated way. You always come in with the pro with the best proper etiquette as possible. They did their thing. It was something on their end. They did. They, did they overlooked? They did. They were sorry. All is forgiven, and all was corrected. And I thank Dotemu for it. Let's give Bandai Namco a chance because the other the other thing too is that nobody voices it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody voices it enough. It's being now done by Elden Rings, but. I don't know to what end we need more we need more on all these uh, things we're seeing change we need to keep it going we can't just settle for it and get it on our loins if you brought if you paid a hundred dollars or more than a hundred dollars for all these collector's items and packages and all this stuff you they owe you they owe it to you to be able to do this game you spent the you spent over a hundred dollars on elden rings and they ain't even looking out for you they're not even looking out for you. They're not even trying to like see you in the game. Okay. Like they see you in the game, but you got to have like some like hair or wig or whatever like that. Or you got to have, you know, you got an Afro or cornrows. Come on, man. Not everybody wears cornrows. Not everybody has an Afro. <laughs> some people got locks. Some people have, you know, different types of hairstyles. I don't care. Make it happen. I don't care that this is Norse mythology. Some Norse mythology has it. Okay. Here's another thing. 
a lot of people didn't realize that there was a black samurai back in the day during the uh the feudal era but we now learned that there was and this dude was dope and he had locks and he was just not being talked about forever he was nobunaga's handler okay this is the type of stuff that we don't know about but now you know netflix has put it out there shadow warriors um has put it out there they got the character and now he's dope as hell in the game like this is the type of stuff that you could do now it's like these guys were did exist there got to be people that exist in these other you know mythologies and whatnot and in points of history voice your opinion make it happen you're buying these games you're making these guys money they at least owe it to yourself to make sure that this thing and i just found another reason why i didn't like the, uh, elden ring <laughs> this dude just jumped off a cliff and couldn't catch on to the latch that sucks oh dude we gotta talk look i'm cutting it now i'm just saying voice your opinion make yourself known out there and i'm just gonna end it like that folks that will do it for this section of select start we're going to take a break come back and in our final stage i will review horizon forbidden west and tell you why this is the game that we all should appreciate especially all of us of color should appreciate in 2022 we'll take a break and do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley planning the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on talk time live TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! gentlemen you have reached the final stage of this program and i am here to review horizon forbidden west for the playstation 5 this is guerrilla games next installment into the horizon series as we see aloy in her next adventure now when this came out when this first came out uh zero dawn i loved it i didn't i mean i liked it i didn't love it because at the time it was competing with breath of the wild in the minds of many gamers and as a person who played both games, I felt like um, Breath of the Wild kicked in a little bit more into the experience, both from an open world standpoint and from a gameplay standpoint. The things that you were able to do, the how you were able to travel, it just felt limitless. It felt limitless. I, I To this day, I still haven't found a thing that I wasn't able to do and the experiences that you were able to feel in Breath of the Wild in comparison to the uh, Zero Dawn game. But now we're in the second uh, chapter of the series and Forbidden West, 
greatly improves on a lot of things not everything but a lot of things that we didn't see in the game and a, a lot of uh the things that we didn't see we are now seeing in a sense that they've taken some notes and things that we saw in breath of the wild but also in other games like i would say ghost of shishima and the witcher 3 and they took elements from them and combined it together to make forbidden west and what you have is a much better and more enjoyable experience with some absolutely stunning visuals in this game so and uh, the story to me was just as strong i liked the story and i like where this was going because i didn't see where this was going and it's going into a whole new different direction and deeper direction than i ever even imagined so i'm all in and we're going to talk about the story we're going to talk about the gameplay we're going to talk about the performances the cast i mean everything about this to me stepped up in every way so let's talk about the story real quick um picking where we left off picking off picking up where we left off i should say from the first game where we see aloy went on a path to find what happened during the extension of the planet at the hands of a project near uh known as zero dawn aloy went on an adventure to secure the techno uh, technological elements needed to preserve the planet while discovering that she herself is a clone of one who of the one who created the very program that destroyed the planet she was created to correct the errors made by those in the past this time around though she uh, learns that she can't do it alone that even if she tried she uh, you know along with um others you know had to find a way to help make this happen together so her and her friends are now you know that she met through the first game are now coming together they all have their own focuses now and they're heading to the forbidden west to seek out uh other elements to you know make this happen and along the way she discovers even new and more powerful threats so that's basically the short end of the series of the of the story was going on right now um we're gonna do a pro and con that i've felt here and uh i was thinking too um after this i may start doing i don't know if i'm going to keep doing the pro and con you know aspects of it but i may start doing reviews based on certain categorical elements much like other reviews have done so you know i, I would say i was thinking about doing it in the same structure uh that you would see on game informer or something like that i'm still working out the kicks up you know really trying to structure how i'm doing these things but pro and con is pretty much what i'm seeing right now with this so this may be the last pro and con style review that i do but maybe not we'll see but let's start with the pros here this game greatly improved on a lot of things that horizon zero dawn lacked the art style of the game alone which was already stunning on zero dawn don't get me twisted but they managed somehow to supersede itself thanks to the ps5's ability to use ray tracing that when choosing you know resolution in the graphic setting it looks awesome but i would also say that the level of detail is astonishing as well but even if you played performance mode as well the game looks absolutely gorgeous and outstanding you know along with the frame rate of 60 uh, frames per second it is very fast paced so i i you know it was lovely because i had i found myself in the first play of the game just 
juggling through both performance and resolution mode, trying to figure out which one I want to play, which one I want to enjoy. I mean, at the end, I went through performance mode because it just looks a little bit more stunning. But even in performance mode, it looks awesome. The frame rate is awesome. So you're not either or it's a great choice to play. And I, I thoroughly enjoy both of them as well. Maybe I'll go to through it again, you know, at, you know, during performance mode in that case. But there's no bad, <laughs> bad decision on that note. Um, the level of details are just absolutely awesome in here. The, the facial expressions, everything, the character models. And, you know, it's funny it, it, and appealing. You know, it, it is, it's I look at this game when I looked at this game. I look back at the very beginning and I'm talking virtual fighter. I'm talking Yu Suzuki. I'm looking back at what started back then and what it has led to now. You know, you know, Yu Suzuki, when he made Shinmu, the original, the first Shinmu, that was such a game changing uh, game. No matter what you think about the mechanics or the, or the gameplay now, it's like a little bit dated, if you will. Um, but it was just, it was all astonishing to look at back then and to see what we got to now, you know, we've gone come a long way in terms of this. I mean, like from the final fantasies to even Yakuza, which was done by his, you know, his former protege. <laughs> okay. His, his protege superseded him in this aspect with the Yakuza series. But he, now you look at this, this just games like this and Spider-Man, it just takes it to a whole nother level visually. Um, the, the the facial expressions alone, which was something that I thought that the Yakuza series lacked. Um, it looked that and Shamu, they were great, but they looked too robotic when it comes to making facial expressions and the frame rate, you know, the pixel rate and all those stuff going together. They just it looked a little bit too robotic. Whereas this game, and you look at Miles Morales and all that stuff, it just looks so photorealistic it is insane now i used to joke about my i used to make fun of my wife because she would watch like playstation 4 games and didn't and couldn't really tell if she was watching like a real show or movie and i'm i guess i've been looking at you know games or people like me are looking at games for so long we know the difference between real life uh real world you know people and in, in, in virtual you know avatars we're now getting to that point where it's like it's getting really close to being like you can't tell and this is one of those games that i feel like it's reaching to that point this is really showing the power of the ps5 and you know games like this are really showing the power of the xbox and all the stuff it's just it's just amazing to see and it would make i'll talk about why it even makes makes it more amazing to me down the line and it's in it also connects to what i was recently talking about in terms of representation as well but the uh, the story to me was very appealing uh, it was in, in the side missions were equally great. I really had a great time enjoying every aspect of that. Um, even with so much dialogue and narrative going on in the story, which is something I normally don't like in a lot of games, especially games, let's, let's say games that has a lot of dialogue, but it's mostly reading text throughout the whole thing. That to me, it, 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 it takes me away from the experience of really wanting to get into the, especially when there's no voice acting in there and if there's voice acting like say blaze blue if i play blaze blue and they got a lot of dialogue in there 
but they have voice acting, I'm fine with that. But if I have to read through so much text, which is something, you know, Japanese games tend to do a lot, I tend to like turn away because it's just like, did I really come here to read? Like if I came to read, I'll read a comic book. I'll read a graphic novel. I will read a biography or something like, but like if I'm trying to play the game, like let's simplify the, the, the dialogue going on into the narrative and everything so I can get into the game experience. But Blaze Blue is one of those ones that has both has text, but it has great voice acting as well. So this is another game where it's like, to me, the dialogue in, in narrative is so long, but I'm so captivated through it all as I see utterly amazing, you know, models just having these conversations and I feel like I'm actually watching a TV show or movie or some type of episodic, you know, series every single time. And I enjoy it. Now it's, I guess it's basically, if you're going to have a dialogue heavy game, it's how you present it. I don't think it'll, I don't think this is as successful doing it for like 2D based games with just text all through the way as much as it is to do when you have games that are, have full feature presentations like this, this like this Hollywood level presentation. So I, I, I really enjoy seeing stuff like that. Um, not only are the environments and vibrant and saturated uh, full of, uh, colors and the palettes and everything is just beautiful. As a graphic designer, I enjoy this because you just see so many great palette of colors and saturated and hues of everything just going on and they're all saturated and vibrant. It's just absolutely stunning. Like if I did a, if I did like a still life, you know, drawing and everything, I would definitely horizon, the horizon series alone is a great thing to do I like there's you know for those who did drawing classes and all this stuff still life is something that you do when you place an object and you have to draw the object as you see it from a perspective and your perspective needs to be accurate in every way you have to make it a third dimensional whatnot i can do that with horizon and use the camera to zoom in on certain objects and if i wanted to just draw that object and take a picture of it I can do that in this and it just looks, you could get the shadow and lighting very well. Just perfect. It's just so well done. It's beautiful. Just absolutely outstanding. Um, when I see these extremely detailed character models in the game, and, and, and I, again, I'll bring it back to Spider-Man and Miles Morales and stuff like that. I think back, you know, to those times and we just, we just gotten so far with this. Um, I just, I've really enjoyed this from just a visual art style aspect. Um, but really brought me joy to this game in particular is the amazing, and I mean amazing amount of cultural representation that this game has brought to make it a very diverse setting. And this is something that I think a lot of games, a lot of game reviews don't talk about. Uh, for whatever reason, it it is what it is. But as a black person, as a person of color, I it, it instantly comes out to me. The representation here is absolutely stunning. And I, you know, 2020 was the very beginning of when you started seeing some true and deep representation here. And I I would I would give credit to Final Fantasy VII Remake because you saw representation from people of color. You saw representation from the LGBTQ. 
you just started seeing these these beautifully represented characters in here that felt equally as important as everybody and that was the first time especially during those times in, in 2020 because that was of course still i mean we're going through some dark periods now but 2020 was the, was the beginning of the dark period especially for black people so to see a game that i enjoy so much and you know and in final fantasy 7 remake and if you guys remember when i did that review i got emotional just even talking about that there um because it was something that i haven't seen for so long and now we're starting to see it more and we need to keep seeing it like i said before in the last segment and that is definitely a sure for for um for bandai namco especially um guerrilla games really went out of their way sony went out of their way because all of this is connected to sony you know final fantasy 7 even though it is supposed to be a game that's supposed to be viewed and played in other formats i don't think i don't know if it's still on xbox yet but i digress games like that and then you got the spider-man series and now you have the horizon series all having something in common that they're trying to move forward and you know make everything represented it very well for us and horizon i think right now has done it more than any any game because i was at i mean look i was at awe when i saw that not only there were many black people in the game but many and i mean many played important roles in the main and side stories of these games i was just astounded by this Barely did I see any character of colors feel like they were background additions. Yeah, they were in laying in the background, but like when it came to like actually doing the side missions, there were so many of people of color that were involved in these plots and then and in the main story as well. Each character, no matter what color or orientation they were, never felt unimportant to the narrative and Guerrilla Games that uh, Guerrilla Games was putting on here, putting out here, I should say. For a black gamer like myself, it felt warm and welcoming to not only see black characters or characters of color in the game, but to see all types of black characters in the game. I saw characters in the game that weren't mod, like they weren't supermodels per se, because that's usually the case. If you're going to see a black character in these games, they're usually a side character. And then they are all, you know, extraordinarily beautiful. And there's nothing wrong with that to an extent, but we want to see variety here. They weren't models in this game. They were, but they look like everyday, naturally beautiful people that I see on a daily basis in my neighborhood in this game as a part of society, which made me more involved in the game world. I can't stress how really important that is. And I give, I give Sony and I give Guerrilla Games full credit for making that happen. I thought that was absolutely an outstanding thing that they did for here and they it really felt like they paid attention and they heard the crowd and they understand their target audience that they're uh, you know that they're putting out here and then let's talk about the cast and performances here because that's another big plus here and i want to give a big clap and ovation to ashley birch who plays aloy she also plays um uh, not kate kane um Hawk, she also plays hawkeye uh Oh God, I'm so burning out on her right now. Um, but she plays Aloy, or, you know, the main character in this game, but she also plays a Marvel Avengers as well. Uh, and, and amongst other characters too, but uh, Kate Bishop, yes. 
She's, how, do I, how do I forget Kate Bishop? I love that character. <laughs> but Ashley Birch played Aloy in here, and I think she outperformed herself and superseded herself from the last game. I mean, she really, I think she, I fe it felt like she really got into her groove this time around in this game. And I was so immersed and captivated by her performance this time around. I thought she really got into it even more. Um, John McMillan as Varl. Shout out to my man. I'm not spoiling this this uh, story. This is not a non-spoiler game, but like, shout out to my man. I thought he really played a more prominent role here and he did it to the best, to the very best. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. I'm not spoiling anything about this to him. Then we had Leslie Irwin who plays Gaia, which by the way, their depiction of Gaia in this game is a beautiful black, um, female character in this game and she was stunning and her performance was great in here she really gave the presence of the god the goddess of earth here so i love that lance riddick is back as silence and boy you could love to hate this guy but he oh he outdoes himself every single time i love his chemistry with him and aloy because his character always seems to know how to piss off aloy aloy can be cool every with every other character up until the point of meeting with silent silent always finds a way to make her angry to tick her off it never fails and i love their dynamic together so i really appreciated that you also had john hopkins as aaron um you know he's a character that i thought in the first game that he was going to come off to be like kind of sinister but he ended up not he being the, he he's the lovable lug of the crew in this game he's back this time and he's teamed up with her and um I really enjoyed it. Petra, played by Sally uh, Safoiti, I'm gonna butcher that. Um, really did a great job as well on some cases and some other uh, aspects of the game as well. Um, Aloy also plays another character of herself in here named Beta. And I thought, uh, going back to Ashley Birch, is that like she had so many different roles to play, but then she had to play herself as this Beta character, and. So you're seeing two different versions of her. So you, you, she brought such dimension and depth to her performances this time. She, I mean, talk about really stepping it up. It was just absolutely fantastic. Um, but I also want to bring up two very special appearances in this uh, game. Oh, I would also, before I even do that, Eric, uh, Erica uh, Luttrell, uh, who played Zoe in here, I she was awesome as well. She uh you see her in Westworld and you see her eye zombie and a few other movies, um, you know, shows and and series as well. But she as Zoe was so awesome. Um she was delicate, but she was fierce. And, and I love the way that they carried it around in here as well. I it, I enjoyed it so much. Uh but I want to also give some really good credit here. Making a awesome appearance in his, in his deal is Angela Bassett and Carrie Ann Moss. Stella got her groove back in this damn game, definitely. And uh, Angela Bassett played Regala. And the rivalry between her, Regala, and Aloy, you felt it. You really felt it here. It was a fierce rivalry here that was going on. And you know, Aloy, who's now kind of becoming the Goku of this of this game series or the games uh, series in general. And if you understand why I compared her to Goku, 
you understand what kind of happens in this game with this. But Angela Bassett does what she does best, and she really brought out the rage and ravage of the Regala character. She was dope. She was awesome. And the the spark that her and Aloy had, you know, when they when those two came together and they were just budding rivalries, you felt the tension between the two. And I I gravitated easily with those two. And then you have Karen and Moss, AKA Trinity, the one and only, playing Tilda Van Der Meer, Van Der Meer, uh, who is a, one of the beings who is responsible for everything that is going on. Uh, and they are suddenly immortal for some reason. I won't spoil the plot with her, but she, she plays a very, very important character in this, it is, um, I was about to say movie felt like it in this series. And trust me when I tell you, this is somebody that you want to keep an eye on. Karen Amos does a great job. I can't say too much about her without spoiling anything about what's going on with her character, but definitely know that both of these characters are forces to be reckoned with in this game. And they did tremendously as you would expect in here as well. So the performances really helped me go in here, but also we got to talk about the gameplay. Cause I mentioned about Elden Rings and here I, again, I was watching Elden Rings in the last segment for like over an hour. And I watched another few hours of another video or two. And I also was the same thing, simplistic gameplay. You don't get simplistic gameplay on this game. This time around, this new skill tree system that they have is giving you the ability to play the way you want. You got skills to upgrade, including warrior, trapper, hunter, survivor, infiltrator, and machine master. All different abilities and all give you different ways to play this game. So it's not just you pointing a bow at every single thing. You don't have to use the bow every time. Sometimes you, if you want to stealth, at, at, at machines or tr other enemy tribes, you can do that. You can play how you want. You can set traps everywhere. There's so it's, you know, in comparison to Elden Ring, this is third, this is really three dimensional in here because it's not, you're just relying on one aspect of your weaponry or the way that you fight. You have so many different ways that you can fight so many different ways that you can defeat your enemy and you have a chance to build on that here. So warrior, I, I choose to play warrior cause I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not really that much of a stealth dude. I do a little more stealth, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of a warrior type. So it gives me the ability, I building up the, the warrior skill tree, you know, it gives me ability to use more melee attacks for, I mean, to those who like myself want to go all Kratos on, on everybody. And it, that's what it's for. But if you'd like to do stealth, they have, the, the skill tree you can do it to do that as well um also upgrading your skill tree also unlocks a new powerful skill called valor surges valor surges give you the edge on major and overwhelming threats once the valor surge bar fills it's up to you to unleash it and when you unleash it you get this really dramatic type of you know presentation here where aloy is you know they, the camera closes up on you and aloy you know rather juices up her spare or she puts on you know uh war uh, paint and it's on and it's just a beautiful dramatic flair to add to it and then on top of that you um you can unleash uh you know the whatever attacks that you are techniques that you can and pull off pinpoint targeting on enemies stronger melee attacks stealth moves and more 
So I really dug what they did with that there. The other thing that I really enjoyed is that this time around, the fast travel, which is the ability to just skip through, going through miles and miles away of open world. If you don't want, some people like to just travel and, you know, train and ride tranquilly into the different worlds. But if you want to hurry up and get there, but it, there's an advantage to just not going fast travel because you could collect a whole bunch of materials along the way. You can also get different um, materials by taking out machines and whatnot. You probably, you know, ride into a different type of, of uh, uh, you know, side mission event or whatever like that. So there's keys to that. But if you just want to skim through that, you can use the fast travel, but you got to purchase those at the time. And, and during uh, Zero Dawn, all you could do is purchase them in order to travel from place to place, you know, quickly. Here, if you find a fireplace, which is your save point, uh, you can pretty much travel from place to place for free, not having to spend any money. But if you're in an area where there's no places for, now you can use a fast travel for that and you use the one that you spent on because there's no other place. But you could do it that way. So they give you a way that not have to spend all the time because the fast travels can cost, you know, can build up on your money that you can, or your, or your, uh, shards that you can use to build on more weapons or even build um, or upgrade your equipment or buy new clothing or whatever like that. So you have ways to get through that point. And I like the fact that they added that too. adding a work table for you to upgrade your weapons this time and gear and clothing is a, really cool addition as well the ability to override other machines now giving you the ability to fly on a sunwing or even bigger uh machines than you could before so you have that option horizon forbidden west also took a page from ghost of shishima by giving you the chance to call on your overwritten machine whenever you need them no matter where you are at i remember when i was playing uh, zero dawn like if you if you went too far away from your your uh your machine that you rode like a charger if you went away from your charger for too uh far away you wouldn't be able to get them back now even if you fast travel like across the different vast world it'll still come to you and that was the one thing i loved about ghost of shishima was that like no matter where you were you could go across the sea your damn horse just happened to play. i thought it was a funny thing until your damn horse died and it really pissed me off on ghost of shishima but here like it, it's like that key situation too you can also repair you know if you start upgrading your skill tree more you also have better abilities of repairing your chargers or whatever you uh ride on you without spending too much of your uh shards or whatever your materials you need to repair them you become a master repairer in there as well so i think that may be machine masters as well so uh what i did was that i upgraded the first top of every single uh skill but my warrior skill tree i fully did everything i unlocked everything on there so if i go back if i do new game plus or whatever like that i'll start working on the other one so they give you a lot of replay value to start playing in a different way which helps the replay value even more if you want to become a trapster now you could go back in and play in traps and even if the game ends there's still a lot more that you could play i'm guaranteed there's a lot more side missions and errands and all this stuff that you can play that will keep you going for hours on end and days on end with the game but if you you know just got through the initial main story mode um you have it there they don't have i will add i didn't see new game plus 
come when they end it, which means I, I, I'm fully confident that they're going to add that very soon. There's probably going to be an upgrade or uh, update or something that's coming that they're going to add that feature to it. So I'm not worried because they did that before in the last game. So, uh, I'm just looking for, I'm just really happy with the experience I had so far with this. Um, what else did they have here? New items, the new items this time. And I, this is with them. This is them doing their homework, uh, and taking notes from games like breath of the wild and the witcher and, and ghost of Tsushima here, because I can definitely tell by the, the new items that you have to help you in your journey. You now have the pull caster, which you can latch onto buildings, you know, and, and climb areas uh, that you couldn't climb before, as well as pull down damage walls, allowing you to enter hitting areas in ruins now. It's a great addition. It doesn't really change everything of what you're doing in the game. So, but it's a great addition as well. Diving mask that allows you to breathe underwater without worry. This is one of the things that I was really happy to have because I noticed that there were some things on the ground and I figured like, okay, I can't get down there now. I could go down there, but only go so far. I got to get back up because my I'm, I'm losing my breathing in there. But once you get the diving mask, you can go across, go down the sea and do everything down there. So it's pretty awesome once you have it and you can explore the sea however and however long you want to and not. Vine cutter, uh, which is a new installment of your spear that allows you to get into other different closed area. It reminds me of, it definitely, that right there reminds me of Zelda Breath of the Wild because every once in a while link will get a item that'll help him get into uh hidden areas that he couldn't get into like bombs or whatever like that or you know you know the the pulley hook or whatever like that so it's it's this is very zelda you know esque for me in here but it was a great addition to add it as well um shield wing which is gives you the ability to glide from great heights okay they definitely taken that from uh zelda breath of the wild i think people we're talking about that in the last game, how Zelda, you know, Link was able to glide everywhere around the open world like he did. So they definitely took a page from that. And that was a great addition to have in there. You know, why not? It made the game much better. Spike thrower was a great thing to have in here. It, it, it's uh, it can be very powerful. It's a ranged weapon that uh, allows you to go against massive, uh, you know, machines, you know, especially the ones that, it, that can explode. So it was really awesome here. Um, much better clothing design this time around for Aloy. I really love the fashion, the tribal fashion uh, designs of, that they had this time around for the game. Uh, I wasn't too fond of the last game's ones because I just felt it was too couture. But this one, this one, I really loved the couture fashion here. It was like, it was, it, it really felt like very well designed. It looked kind of super heroic in a sense as well. Um, if you guys seen the graphic that I created for this uh, particular episode, which I consider one of my favorites that I did, cause I had her, you know, nailing and I did photo mode on here and I had her nailing on the, which we're going to segue right into photo mode, which is incredible by the way. Uh, the picture that you see from the, or the graphic that I made for this episode, which has Aloy on the front cover, um, on there, is directly from photo mode, but I was able to, you know, do some Photoshop tricks with it to, you know, create my actual deal and put my logo on there or whatever like that. But it's just absolutely stunning. I had, I like that the minute that I had her, you know, she was climbing up on the building and I had her sitting there and it was kind of, kind of gave that McFarlane, that Todd McFarlane Spider-Man pose. So I was like, oh, that's dope. I wanted, that's the picture I'm going to take from, um, 
for my graphic for this week. So I took that picture and then I, you know, it, by the way, for those who don't know, or probably do know by now, the U in the US, we finally got the ability to transfer photos into the PlayStation app. It's finally been rolled over to us. Trust me when I tell you that is, thank you, Sony, because that changes everything. I used to have to take photos and go strict, uh, strictly to uh, Twitter or even go some other way about it. But this helps so much greatly. So thank you. We're now able to transfer our photos um, in our into the uh, PlayStation app. So thank you for that. I really uh, gotta appreciate that so much. So, but the photo mode was outstanding here. Uh, it's incredible. Like it's, I mean, it's standard to see the details on Sony games with the photo modes before this continues to do it. I love the facial expressions that Aloy provides in this game. It's so hilarious. They can be very funny and hilarious and it's just, but the, again, the attention to detail is just amazing. It's surreal in here. So photo mode is even more fun to play with this time around. It's great for people like me. And once again, the option to play at your pace that you want, whether you want to just breeze through and enjoy the story, or you just want to go through it and make a challenge for yourself. It's up to you. Something that I, that Elden Rings is not doing. And a lot of people, there are people who there's, there's a niche amount of people who like that challenge and more power to them. But there are people like me who, if there's a story in there, if there's a story to have, why not make it for those who like the narrative base like me to just enjoy the story? That is something that Elden Rings is not doing. That, more power to him. So I, I just hope, like I said, when, when it comes to those game awards and all those things, I hope the people that are voting that has the ability to vote will look at it from an aspect that like, is this a game for everybody? If it's not a game for everybody, then why should it be nominated as a game of the year? Because I, I, I believe a game of the year should be a game that everybody can enjoy however they want to enjoy it. That's just the way I see it. Um, and then, you know, the last big positive for me was the striker game. Uh, it, you know, they took a page from, uh, the Witcher three here, but I think they, to their credit, they've actually made a better, more player friendly game than the Witcher three's Gwent. I never could play Gwent <laughs> as good as I'm playing the striker games. The striker game just seems a lot more easier to play. Uh, here and I really enjoyed playing that way more than Gwent. Like, in fact, I remember I bought the separate, the standalone Gwent game, and I felt like that was way more difficult of a card game battle game to play. I immediately skipped that game. I immediately went on to um, the like. I, I think I played Dragon Ball Heroes uh, World Missions uh, a lot more. Like that is not to me. That's not a a player friendly card battle game at all. Um, and especially when you compare it to SNK versus Capcom, Car uh, Fighters Clash, or Dragon Ball uh, Heroes World uh, Missions, or any of the Dragon Ball Heroes games for that matter, just wasn't fun. It wasn't fun, and 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 uh, easy. You know, it's really simple to play. But the, the Striker game, it's a great little side thing to take away. You know, and do something different and really awesome from there. So, I mean, overall, it's just so much to do in this game. I love it, but. I would say it is not perfect. It is not perfect to any means there, but in the reason being in the con and, and uh, we're going to the cons here. It's not that many. It's not that much in terms of cons, really not that much in terms of cons. But the one thing that I wish that I think 
I would have gave this game a full, with like the highest grade possible, but I can't because they didn't make this one change and they stuck to their guns with this. And I don't think that they really should. And Gorilla Games made the decision to still use the focus post climbing mechanic rather than just allowing Aloy to climb freely, which is one of the biggest complaints and contrast that people had to that of Zelda Breath of the Wild, where Link is able to climb everywhere. Now, the, the thing is there is that Link has a stamina system. And if he can't climb that, the deal is, is that he needs to climb to a certain point so he can catch his breath again to be able to climb. But as you gradually, you know, level up Link, he has he becomes stronger and his stamina is better when in terms of trying to climb. So there's a chance it's like by the end of the game, he's able to climb all the way to the top of the highest even mountains or even get to a certain point where he can take a better, you know, he could take a breather and he still has all this stamina gauge left. Here, they don't have a stamina gauge for Aloy, but they have the climbing system and mechanic where you have to go from different. It's kind of like, and I get this how the system works. It's kind of like how you really are climbing a, you know, an actual mountain in a sense. You got to find the right spot or whatever like that. And they, to their credit, they did better. It, it is better than it was before, especially for the fact that they have a, a solar system or radar system where you click the R3 analog and then all of a sudden, you know, you see lines, glowing lines that are appearing on the mountains and, and buildings and whatnot that'll help you understand where you need to go. You also have the option of keeping it lit every single time. I choose not to, I'd rather just, um, just hit the, you know, the, the analog stick and just, you know, let it appear out of nowhere for a few seconds. Um, but the game would have flowed much better to me if they would have allowed her to climb freely or even added a stamina meter just like that. And I guess maybe they just didn't want it to be too much like uh, Breath of the Wild, maybe. And I get that, but I think that was a that still limits her climb. Her climbing ability is much better this time, but it's not as good as it could have been. You know, while you could climb certain areas and mountains, there are just sections that you can't climb that you really should be able to climb. And some other areas where you uh, think you could climb, but it's replaced by invisible walls. So that kind of takes away from that type of situation there. And I think this will maybe a bit of a, just a nitpick possibly on my part. Just personally, I think not making the tribal wear that you, uh, that you're able to wear customizable. I, you know, and again, I go back to breath of the wild with this because every, every custom where that he has based on each region you can mix and match so you can really like and i love the fact that you have that freedom to customize a different look so you got a different style look like here it's kind of like real life it's like all right i'm wearing you know i'm wearing one designer here but my pants is from somebody else and my sneaks is from somewhere else and it gives you a different look so you can mix and match it like there but you know when it comes to forbidden west you have a situation here where um, it's just you, you wear it, you got to wear it. And the bad part is it's like, while beautifully designed, they aren't visually you know, able to upgrade uh, as you could before. And then not being able to mix and match it, the gear, you would have been great. Because here's the thing, no matter which region that you're in, they don't sweat you for the, they don't sweat you for the idea that 
you know, you're wearing somebody else's garb. So it wouldn't even matter if you're wearing different garb or whatever. So, I mean, that that's a con, a negative for me, but it's not a deal breaker. It's not at the end of the day, the, all the gear that they have is really awesome this time around. So I won't fault them for a, for a whole entire thing for that. I, I do want to give one more pro in here. And this is something, I mean, it's a pro and a con in a sense. I did recognize that this time around that Aloy now reacts to climate. And that's something that she didn't do in the last game. Like if she wore like, you know, she, if she, if she wore clothing that was less than conspicuous in a sense of like, they, you know, she, her skin was, it was, uh, exposed, but she's in this Arctic, you know, environment in this Arctic region and her skin is exposed, but it's like, she's not reacting to the fact that she should be getting frostbite at this point. Now they have it where if she's in a cold area, she does react to it in a sense that like she shivers, she shivers a bit. She, you know, closes her arms together to try to keep warm. I still think though that while that's a plus, the negative is I think they should have went up. I think they should have took another few notes from Breath of the Wild. And the fact that like there are some clothes that she wear that covers her entire body, which should make her warmer. And that's the thing that made Breath of the Wild so dope in the first place. And it just made perspectively logically made a lot of sense if link is in a desert he takes you know and he, he's wearing full body clothing he loses health because he's becoming exhausted from the heat because he's wearing too much clothes but if you put him in lighter gear he doesn't lose energy just like if he's in the arctic regions if it's too cold and he's wearing the stuff that he's wearing in the desert which is like lighter gear that to keep him cooler he's losing health because now he's freezing and he's possibly going to catch you know frostbite he's gonna he's gonna die it made perfect sense i think that's something that they could have easily taken from um zelda breath of the wild and nobody would have been made it made a bit because it may it makes sense like people are taking a whole lot of different elements from breath of the wild why not take that one because that one really kind of brings you into the to the experience more is like oh this is this makes a lot of sense i need to warm up aloy needs to do the same thing um because no matter what she wears even if she's wearing full body gear that looks like very comfortable and warm in that type of climate she's still cold <laughs> so you know that i would have changed that would have i would have made a whole entire mechanic and system for that alone based around i mean because it's not like it's no stranger you can see that they've taken a lot from all the games that i mentioned why not take a little bit more? But none, nonetheless, wasn't a deal breaker in that sense. Uh, at least they made an attempt to make change. But overall, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion from my gameplay experience, you may have a different one. You may have a different one based up, but you know, hopefully you'll listen to what I say that puts a perspective on you. This game to me is one of the games to beat in 2022. And I mean, one of the games to beat in 2022 so far, we got a lot more games coming soon, but right now, that's the one to be. Horizon Forbidden West provides so much depth in, uh, to the world than ever before, based on just environment, gameplay, visuals, all of that combined, story and narrative alone. Sony continues to head in the right direction by making sure that uh, they make games that includes every gamer in here. Even though there's a white protagonist in here, 
there's still other you know protagonists in the game that is being represented by everybody and i mean everybody i mean like or based on race and orientation which game with with games like uh the horizon series and other sony great uh greats like the spider-man series and other gaming and other others the um that are coming out soon like you know uh i i think square enix need to get credit for this as well because they are also moving forward in this direction the gaming industry seems to have a brighter future ahead slowly but surely we are seeing the same changes in representation in the real world that we are seeing in the world of horizon and i'm all for it and it's because of that i'm giving this a solid a i would have given it a plus but there are some things that i believe they could have added on that they didn't that would have helped the experience better but i think a solid a is more than fortunate enough and that's still giving it one of the best games i've played so far in 2022 and it's only march we got a long way to go there's some other games that are coming out that looks very promising as well looking very much forward to it so we'll see how that goes but right now thank you gorilla games thank you sony for this experience i loved it and i love the fact that i've seen people like myself in there so folks that will do it for this edition of select start uh again i'm going to remind you all that next this sunday well let's first let's talk about what i'm going to do this sunday we're going to talk about the batman <laughs> we in this great weekend of events i mean we got aew revolution coming out shout out to mega Rand himself because they're using his theme song as the theme for the actual uh for the actual uh pay-per-view so yes the same mega Rand who does my theme music yes they're doing they're using his music as well uh he made a song specifically for that event so um shout out to him shout out to aew for keeping it going shout out to aew for buying ring of honor by the way tony khan you are the man right now so but we're going to talk about the batman we're going to talk about that movie is you know a lot of reviews a lot of great reviews coming about that movie i'm looking forward to it i'm going to see it on saturday we're going to talk about it on sunday um we're not going to do a show after that next week because I am going away and I'm taking a break, a long awaited break. I'm going away for a week, a very tranquil uh, environment I will be in. I'm going to have mental me week. So everybody should have a mental me week and uh, just going to relax. I'm going to have fun. Probably talk to my therapist or whatever like that, you know, but I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to un unlock, unleash and un unwind. So everybody should have that once but i'm gonna take a week off um and enjoy that and i think there's gonna be another weekend i'm gonna probably take off it within this month too so stay tuned for that but um definitely when i come back to this show i got a great game i want to talk about on review a import game that i actually got my next and newest import game that i've uh, gotten a chance to play is called megaton mushashi by level five the creators of inazuma 11 which is a really over-the-top soccer game rpg that i played a while back uh for the 3ds and um they oof, we're gonna talk about this if you're a fan of anime in particular a fan of mecha robot anime like giant robo like Gigantor, like it, or play games like Tecromancer and Gundam. Woo! Do I got a game for you? If you haven't bought an import game on a Nintendo Switch, you're about to buy one now. And this is worth going out of your way to get it. So trust me when I tell you it's coming uh, when we get back to the show a week 
uh, a little week later. So I say that uh, is the fourth. Gonna be up. So the week of the 14th, I'll be back uh, with some more news, some more reviews and everything. And then we'll see what we'll do for the Prime show as well. But um, I mentioned Mental Me Week. Oh, God, wait, we got Moon Knight coming in the following week. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, I say Mental Me Week and I say this and I mentioned therapy and all the stuff. Look, my people, especially my people, but everybody in general, but it's more targeting to my people, my community right now. Please, please take it seriously when I say take time for yourself. Give yourself a lot of, you know, a lot of value. And part of it is getting some much needed help. If you don't have friends and family, especially like, or even if you do and you just need somebody to listen to you to provide some type of guidance on how to handle things a lot better or just somebody that professionally that can really help you get through certain situations or just to unload please seek out a therapist i just especially for our people because we have a hard time trying to find people therapists in our community it is sometimes trying to find a needle in a haystack but do your best to find it i highly recommend it um, I've taken it before when I was, when I was in high school, uh, I think it did help me through to some extent. And then, you know, I've studied psychology and, and sociology on my own, uh, when I was in uh, college or whatever like that, but I've always valued, I've always valued the mentality of, of the individual. Um, so please take yourself, if you need it, definitely go out of your way, do it. Self-efficacy is such an important thing. Being able to find your way out of, you know, your own situations and problems, but also seeking the help that is needed to get you through your day and, and the rest of your life. Don't be afraid to watch. We have we can easily go to the doctor to see the common cold, but we don't seek a doctor to help us get through things mentally. Mental health is a very important thing. and it, It's being said a lot because it's very important to be said. So. Go anyway and check it out and find, you know, whatever you can find out there, you know, and make sure you find somebody that you feel comfortable to talk to and release that information. So, folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.